Hi, I'm Kat, grassroots marketer turned brand builder. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever, your weekly dose of not so nice, but oh so clever advice and actionable strategies to grow your mind, brand, and bank account beyond your wildest dreams. Free of charge. You're welcome. So grab your notebook and let's get to it. today's episode of Not Nice Clever, we are flipping the script on how we've been doing these episodes. And today I get the honor and the privilege and the joy of interviewing my co-host and podcast partner in crime, Candice. So in case you missed it, Candice actually interviewed me on our last full episode, episode 48. So if you missed it, after you listen to this one, feel free to hop back and listen to her interview me, but today I am fully in the driver's seat, and I love it. So Candice, are you ready to go? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to start off with something not too not too overwhelming. Is it weird that I'm all of a sudden nervous to be on my own podcast? <laughs> no, this is just us showcasing that even we can feel imposter syndrome just a little bit, just a totally. little bit, right? All right. Yep. Well, you're the star today, so My first question is going to be a really easy one. We're just going to start off with your number one biggest pet peeve in personal or professional life, whatever the setting. Ooh, pet peeve. Um, Is small talk a pet peeve? Can that be one? A hundred percent. I really cannot stand. I'm not good at small talk. I'm not interested. I can't even feign interest in small talk. I want to get down to business. I want to talk about big ideas action taking, doing the damn thing. And I will get to know you as a human from that kind of talk way more than I ever would from small talk. So that's probably my biggest pet peeve. Let's talk about big ideas, people. Big ideas. Let's change the world. Let's figure out your superpowers. Let's go. Absolutely. Don't ask about the weather. Don't ask about the weather. Although the weather has been terrible in San Diego, I will tell you that. Yeah. But other than that, I want to talk about shit that matters. There we go. I feel like we need to put that on a sweatshirt. Shit that matters by Not Nice Clever. (laughs) I like it. All right. My next question is actually a great follow-up here. And I think you had asked it of me too when you were interviewing me. So tell the people what your Enneagram is. And I think this pet peeve will make a lot more sense once we find out. Okay, so I'm Enneagram 5, which is also known as the investigator, which I feel like makes absolute sense for me. Mm -hmm. One, that might be exactly why I love watching true crime, because (laughs) I get to investigate what went down. And also, I think that that's part of the reason why I love brand strategy is that it is an investigation. It's like a consistent uncovering of you know, who you are. And it's like putting puzzle pieces together over and over again. And I think that's why I'm always interested in thinking about and building brands. It's funny because Dom and I always, like, we kind of are the same in that. He's also an Enneagram 5. And so we're always just like randomly building brands. We're like, yep, that's a brand. Put that in the back pocket. One day we're going to make that happen. Like, just dumb shit. Like, we're going to have a resort wear brand and we're going to do like, just all this stuff. We're like, oh yeah, put that on a shirt. Definitely hold that one. But we're always brand building. And like even us as a couple, we're thinking about everything as like, is that on brand for us? Like, 
let's talk about it. And it's funny because that's just the lens through which we see the world, I think. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I wonder now hearing you talk if Dom might even have some Scorpio in his chart because I feel like that investigative touch, that looking at people as puzzles or phenomenons as opportunities, uh, I absolutely love that you take that into your like personal and your professional life. Like It's all in one. There's no delineation. It's like how you operate, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's just how you approach problems in the world or how you find solutions mm-hmm. is through the lens of, you know, investigation, I think. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. So my next question for you is going to be a little personal, but I would say we've talked about your Enneagram type, pet peeves. When it comes to dealing with people who may not know you as well, what do you find is like the thing that they sometimes misunderstand about you when they first meet you? A couple things. One, I think if people know me from social and then they meet me in real life, I think they're often surprised that I could be awkward in real life. I could be standoffish in real life. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is I'm just an introvert. And if I'm at home with my phone in my hand, I could seem like an extrovert perhaps. Yeah. But it's because I'm just by myself. And I'm not having to interact, right? I'm just sharing whatever I want to share. And so I think if people meet me in real life, it surprises them that I might be, I don't know if quiet is the right word, but standoffish is probably the best word. Mm -hmm. I also have resting bitch face. That's just part of it. I just want to be, you know, if you ever meet me in real life, know that this is not about you. This is just normal Candace stuff. Uh And then another thing that I think people misunderstand is I think that because I like am go, go, go. Like maybe I seem insensitive, but I'm just trying to take the next action to get to the next thing always. And I'm not purposely being insensitive. Like I still have feelings like I'm a human being, but because I'm just investigating or putting the puzzle together, I value like the movement and momentum of not getting stuck in a feeling or a space. And I'm just like, yep, that happened, move on, right? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the approach that I often take, which I think can be misunderstood as maybe insensitive. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I remember when we first started working together, I noticed that quality about you, but I was like, oh, it's like this woman does not waste time. So she's not gonna waste my time. So we're gonna get shit done. Like, let's go. Like I initially was like, oof, but then I'm like, wait, this is a good thing. This can help me. <laughs> And that's why when Kat texted me and said, do you want to start a podcast? I said, yes, because there's no need to go back and forth or think about it for months or anything like that. Just like, yep, that is what I want to do. Let's go. Mm -hmm. All in. I love that. All right. So moving away from how others may perceive you, let's talk about your family. Being an entrepreneur, how do you think your parents would describe your profession or the work that they do? If someone asked them when they were out for cocktails or out for Sunday brunch, what does Candace do for work? I'm interested. And I actually, now I kind of want to just like text them and see if they know. (laughs) I probably will do that. But I think they tell people that I'm in real estate and that I'm a coach, which I feel like is pretty, pretty along the lines of what I do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they could articulate anything about social media or anything about the podcast that I host 
or anything about, I don't think that they can even imagine if they were to attend one of my trainings or, you know, saw me as a keynote speaker. I don't even think they could imagine what I would talk about there mm-hmm. because I don't think they know. I, my mom does know that I spend a lot of time on Instagram and sometimes she watches my stories, but I still don't think that she actually gets it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's something now, like hearing you talk about it that you and I kind of have in common. Like, I think I, along the lines where I know my parents know that I do good work and I help people. Yeah. But as far as being able to explain the process or the journey, the vehicles that we use using Instagram, using LinkedIn, you know, speaking in front of a sea of entrepreneurs, that's where it kind of gets lost in translation for them. Mm-hmm, totally. My mom actually last week was like, maybe I should go to New York with you one time. It's like, actually, yeah, mom, you should. Maybe she would get an understanding of what I do and like actually meet people who I've been able to impact, you know, like that might be a cool thing for her to experience or for me to experience. I don't know, for both of us, I guess. Yeah. And two, maybe even for her to hear from somebody else, describe what it is that you do. I feel like still, it's like one thing to hear from your own child and then another to hear from another person. You're like, oh yeah, Candace totally does that. It's like, yeah, mom, been here saying that for years, but. <laughs> I know, it, it's so true. Absolutely. People need to like see how the work that I do really is impactful because I think that sometimes, especially if you're on Instagram, like my mom obviously is from a different generation. Mm -hmm. they think it's like just play or fun. And although I do have a lot of fun and yes, I do play around on Instagram, there also is intention and strategy behind what I share there. And so I think it can be misconstrued as like maybe like not a serious business to someone her age. Yeah. It's harder to to tell the difference of when you are working versus playing. Yes. When it, the, the act just looks like the same where you're just looking at the phone screen. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. One more personal follow-up question to that. So you've mentioned your partner, Dom. And y'all, in case you missed Candace's recent reveal brand refresh, she is now at Candace Carciopolo. Gotta love the alliteration. That was great job by you falling in love with someone who would perfectly fit that bill. <laughs> I'm only ever doing things that are on brand cat. So, you know, you know, I'd be disappointed if there was anything less. And actually, just so you know, my name is now Candace Kareen Carciopolo. So I'm three C's. Triple threat. Triple threat. There you go. We love it. I'm thinking of starting to wear a C brooch. I don't know if I'm too young for that. I think I'm not. I think once you hit 40, you can wear a C brooch and that can be part of your brand. It's coming up real soon. I mean, you make it look fashionable and timeless anyway. And every time you say once you turn 40, I'm like, but you're like perpetually 35 in my head, just probably for the next 15 years. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the next few months, I'll start collecting sea brooches and start rocking that. So on the subject of sea and Carcio Polo, tell the people, how did you meet your new husband? So we met, you know what, actually, I'm excited to share this story because I hope we get sponsored. We met on Bumble. Oh my gosh. Yes. During the pandemic. Guys, everyone listening, I didn't even know that. Sorry. I'm so glad we're doing this type of episode. Okay. So. (laughs) Did you not know that really? No. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
We met on Bumble. I knew it was pandemic era relationship, but. Yes. And actually was, it's a funny story because I had a date set with some guy from Bumble and it was maybe like five o'clock and I hadn't heard from the guy and we like talked the night before and I hadn't heard from him. We're supposed to meet at eight. Okay. Like, this is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So then I was like waiting, waiting. And I was like, you know what? I'm not getting dressed because I haven't even heard from this guy. And this seems kind of not cool, right? Mm-hmm. Not about this. Not acceptable. So, not acceptable. So I didn't get ready for the date. And I was just like, F this, you know, Bumble. Ugh. And yeah. I was just girls night in. I'm just going to hang out with my friend and watch a movie. So did that, got to bed and I'm in bed and it's like 10, 30, 11, maybe. Okay. And I get a FaceTime, not a text, not a call. We're two, three hours after date time and I get a FaceTime. And so I'm in bed looking like a hot mess. That is aggressive. That is an aggressive move. (laughs) From someone I've never FaceTimed, someone I've never spoken to on the phone, only ever talked to via Bumble. I don't even like FaceTiming my own family, let alone strangers. I know. Like you, like there's... You got to ask before you FaceTime. For real. Yes. Unless like you already got it like that, right? Like some people can FaceTime me without asking, but most people cannot. Yeah. Anyhow. So I'm in bed. You can imagine just looking like a mess. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm curious. And I'm a Scorpio. So how does he think he's about to dig himself out of this? Seriously. Right? So I answered the freaking call. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I answered it. And he's just like wasted, drunk. At a casino in in Vegas, we were supposed to meet at a casino, and he's there, and he's like, "Oh, what time are you gonna get here? Are you coming? Are you like, are you kidding me? Excuse me? Uh, he's in the bathroom at Caesar's Palace, y'all. Horrible, <laughs> but so good. Keep going. So it was waist up, so you know that was there that was the view. PG for the listeners. Yeah, for the listeners, it was PG, and I was just like, "Are you effing kidding me? The audacity!" Ugh. And he was like literally trying to get me to to go out and meet him. And I was like, I am not the one, honey. So whatever, <laughs> I hung up the phone and I started scroll like whatever, swiping. Uh-huh. Scrolling, I don't even remember what it's called anymore. I started swiping. Okay. And I met Dom that night after the fa- <laughs> after the failed Bumble date. We matched on Bumble. Oh my goodness. That evening. And we ended up getting married on our two year first date anniversary. So yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Bumble. Bumble. And he's, he always says, I hope that I meet that guy one day so I could just be like, thanks, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That does sound like something he would say. Because I wouldn't have been scrolling, you know. Mm-hmm. I love how you got to meet the man of your dreams like that who became your husband after saying fuck no to somebody else. The universe was like, well, this woman's not messing around. I guess not I better around. serve up something worth her time. Exactly. So thank you for sharing how you met Dom. I'm so glad that I got to learn along with our listeners about this epic pandemic era love story. Yeah. Bumble making magic, y'all. All All right. Shifting gears a little bit. I have a couple professional-esque questions, although I'll probably make some unprofessional innuendos because, you know, that's me. That's what we do. It is. So job-wise, resume-wise, I mean, I'm using resume in heavy air quotes because we're entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. No, we don't have to work for other people. However... In your resume history, what has been your least favorite job to date or seemingly least favorite that was awesome or whatever? But like at the time, what was the like, ugh, job for you? 
a job I didn't like. Probably working at Anchor Blue. I worked at a clothing store. Oh. And like I folded jeans all day. Mm. That's not the business. It's so boring. Mm-hmm. And like at the time, I used to wear Anchor Blue t-shirts and jeans all the time. How embarrassing now. I would die. <laughs> um, but there were those little like baby tees, you know? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And they had the Anchor Blue logos like with different things like with flames and I don't even know, just random stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was a pretty boring job. I preferred my first job ever was at McDonald's and I was in the drive through. Oh. Oh, that was my favorite. I'm sure. I loved a drive through job. People watching. Yeah, people watching. Exactly. That's what it was, right? And regular customers and people watching. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Candice, I feel like we just found another thing in common with the two of us. Your first and favorite job was working at McDonald's with a drive-thru. Mine was when I was a bus girl at Denny's. Like, because let me tell you, I worked the swing shift after I got out of high school. Oh my gosh, the stories. The crowd that came through. Yeah. After dark. I could imagine Denny's is the place. That's the spot for sure. Mm-hmm. That's fun. That is. All right. And so now fast forwarding that you are an expert and an owner of your own design agency and a speaker, what in your opinion is like the most important personality trait or strength that you prize or value that makes you really successful and that you would love to see more people in your industry embody? I don't know if this is a strength exactly. I think that maybe it's a trait, but relentlessness I think that the only reason that I still have my business today after six years is because of being relentless, of not taking no for an answer, of figuring it the fuck out, even Mm -hmm. when things didn't look good, even when people were like, oh, do you think you should get a job, Candace? Like, even when those things were coming up, I always knew that I was going to figure it out. And maybe it's going back to like me being in Enneagram 5 and like just like I always felt so close to it. I was just like, if this was just shifted, if that was just shifted, if whatever, I felt like small changes would make a big difference. And I always believed that. And I think that a lot of people maybe doubt themselves more than I did. I never doubted myself which is crazy. Maybe I'm a little bit delusional, but maybe that's also something you have to be a little bit delusional Mm -hmm. because even when the numbers weren't looking right, even when it felt like maybe I wasn't meant for this, I always believed I was. And that's kind of the thing that I want for my clients. I want them to be relentless and unapologetic and understand that whatever they want people to believe about them they can make them believe that about them. If you want to be seen as an expert, be an expert. If you want to be seen as an authority, show them why you're an authority. Why should people listen to you? Like all of that is something that you can create in your life and in your business. And I think every time I started seeing evidence of me being able to create my own brand image, I was excited about trying the next thing you know, okay, being a podcast host, and you and I have talked about this a lot, but I don't often associate 
myself with being a podcast host, but that's like shifting in the last couple months, I think. Mm-hmm. And now I'm telling people, oh yeah, I have a podcast. And immediately I see it in their face. Immediately they think that I'm famous. It's like a light bulb, right? It's like, a yes. Yeah. I've seen that too recently. Right? Yeah. And it's such a silly thing because anyone could have a podcast, right? right. But it immediately connects with authority when you have a podcast. And so this is also something funny because as a brand strategist, sometimes you're too close to your own brand to see the things that you you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was redoing my slides for an event that I was speaking at in Florida last week, I was doing my slides and I was like, I don't even mention that I have a podcast and I was speaking to a group of only women. Oh my gosh. Our people, Candace. I know. There are people. It was a hundred women. And I was like, I need to tell them I have a podcast. So I changed my intro and I started with, I have a podcast and immediately people were like, what's the name? They were like having their phones and looking it up. Mm-hmm. And I realized there's so much power in putting yourself out there because it frames what people believe about you. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even remember the original question, but relentlessness. I was just thinking that. I'm just delusional. Awe, y'all. Yeah. Relentless and delusion. There you go. That's it, I guess. <laughs> the the rest of oh, powerful traits. Amazing traits to have to be successful. Yeah. Be relentless. Be a little delusional, like that bumble guy FaceTiming Candace at eleven thirty yeah. at night. Oh my gosh. Exactly. I mean, he was shooting a pass. shot, whatever. Good for him. Yeah. But I'm not the one. Anyhow, I also think that when it comes to building your brand's authority. A lot of people are waiting for other people to recognize them. Like, I don't need to fucking win an award for all of my audience on Instagram to know that I'm an expert. Right. And that is not going to be the thing that makes someone want to hire me is that someone like put a stamp next to my name and said, she is worthy. You you know, you can hire her now. That's never going to be it. But in conjunction with everything that I also share with them, maybe, but by itself, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. And if you're that person who's listening right now, who's like been waiting for someone to say that you're good enough, you're worthy, you're smart enough, you have the right expertise, like I would decide that you're going to show them every single day before anyone ever recognizes you for that. Yeah, I feel like that was a virtual mic drop right there. <laughs> That was good, Candice. I agree 100%. Just make the decision. Ready is the decision. I know you were the one who first told me that phrase. I don't know if you own that mm-hmm. phrase, but I will always associate you with it because I love it. I don't know if I own it either, but I've been saying it for a long time. You have. But ready is a decision. And you get to decide at any point in time. And you also get to pivot and change at any point in time unapologetically because I would be a really uninspired, overworked, burnt out middle school teacher if I didn't give myself permission to pivot. Yep. And I very much love the life you've built for yourself now and continue to build. So we'll leave that other version in an alternate universe. Right. It served me well for the time, but it did. It got you to hear. It got me to hear. So there you go. Thank you for that. But no more. Exactly. All right. I've got just one more question as we're wrapping up here. It's a very serious question, extremely serious. (laughs) If you 
had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what type of meal would it be? Tell the people what feeds your soul. It would definitely be tacos. Mm. Because you know what? You can have so many different kinds of tacos. I love that. You can have apastor, carne asada, shrimp tacos. Carnitas. There's lots of carnitas. Oh, I love carnitas. I love carnitas. Mm-hmm. And just a few months ago, a taco spot that we love just opened up down the street from the condo. Ooh. Tacos El Gordo. When you come visit me in San Diego, I'll definitely take you. Ah, yes, please. The best tacos. Delicious. I agree, Candice. Tacos are simply the best, all the different kinds. And Tacos El Gordo, I'm looking forward to trying those. So it has been such a treat getting to know you better. Also learning your and Dom's origin story, your <laughs> professional strengths, your ethos. I love it all. I'm sure our listeners do too. And as we sign off for today, do you have any last parting words of wisdom, golden nuggets? I know you drop them on a regular basis for us. I would just say that the reason that I do what it is that I do is because I have experienced the freedom and the possibilities that come with taking a chance on yourself. And if you're sitting and listening and you're wishing you could do a thing, whether that's starting your YouTube channel or writing a book or leaving your job or whatever that thing might be, just fucking do it. It's possible. You have us who are cheering you on. We're your biggest fans or your biggest supporters. And there's so much joy and freedom and excitement on the other side of your fear that I just can't wait for you to experience that. Thanks for joining us on Not Nice, Clever. Remember to follow our podcast wherever you listen to audio. And head to www.notniceclever.com to connect for more. Drop a question. We'll shoot you an answer. We're not gatekeepers here. Signing off. You're not so nice, but oh so clever. Besties that mean business. See you next week.